2: Welcome back into a Thursday edition of the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. You know what Thursdays mean, Steve. Player interviews. How about the Jaguars' tight end Evan Ingram? Defensive player of the week from the Denver Broncos, Justin Simmons. Both of those guys will join the show as well as Baldy's favorite films. My favorite segment each and every week. And also the coach, Pep Hamilton, will be joining us as well as is there a QB crisis in the NFL right now, Steve? Pep's going to break that down for us but we have to start this show with where the biggest news came out and that is the las vegas raiders and they are moving on from not just head coach josh mcdaniels but also general manager dave ziegler where were you when this news broke steve
3: yeah uh, i i don't i don't know it's it's so funny jp because you all these raiders fans who are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired are like I'm so happy. I'm so happy they fired Josh. So happy that they got rid of these guys. But really? Are you happy? How can a Raiders fan be happy? The one person who is happy is the guy who's taking over now, and that's interim head coach Antonio Pierce.
4: The short story, the matter of fact, is I grew up in Compton, California. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A. talking straight out of Compton, Rock and Raider hats. So when opportunity came to work with Josh and Pat Graham and Dave, I jumped on it. So that's what set me up for this. I was born this way.
3: Yeah. Okay. So then that's got the Oof. flavor. That's okay. got the feel. And especially coming from Antonio. You know, a great player with the Giants. He has paid his dues yeah. among the coaching ranks. But, but, JP, you heard what he said. I, I was born a Raider when they used to roll into the Coliseum. That's unfortunately where this organization's head is stuck at. Whether it's the LA Coliseum or the Oakland Coliseum, it seems as if they are just locked into the commitment to excellence and, and all of this stuff. We heard Antonio talk about it, heard Gruden talk about it, heard Dennis Allen talk about it, heard Hugh Jackson talk about it. But, but are they really committed? You're fire, hiring the wrong coaches, firing them after a year and a half, um, paying quarterbacks when you end up benching halfway through the season after you fire. Your staff, JP, it just seems like they're stuck in 40 years ago thinking that Lyle Alzado is going to come walking through that door. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to Josh McDaniels
2: and, and, and Dave Ziegler and, and, and the mistakes maybe that were made over the last year and a half in the future of the Las Vegas Raiders. But you're right, Steve. I, I made this point to you this morning, and I actually was talking to an assistant coach in the NFL before we did this show who, who thought the exact same thing. I don't know a team or an organization that has been stuck or uses or is attached to the culture and the identity that is that organization more than the Raiders, and maybe just maybe it plays a bigger part in how this organization is run, what they're looking for, how they're trying to operate than any other any other organization. In all of football, it really is fascinating. I mean, this is an owner in Mark Davis who obviously takes over from his father, Al Davis, who, just like his father, listens to players a lot that happens yes. in this process, <laughs> yes. specifically some, much so. some meetings with some star yes. players uh, within that organization, but also listens to the fans a lot. And we know the way the Raiders Nation is. I remember being there when Gruden was hired, being up there at the facility in Oakland, and the amount of alumni that was in the building for John Gruden's press conference, the amount of fans that were standing outside that facility for that press conference, and it was, we're going back. That's what we keep hearing every time people get hired or they come as an interim head coach in this fashion with Pierce, is we're going back to the Raiders way. And and the other quote that we didn't run and plays right into this, Steve, is Antonio Pierce had another quote where he said, a big part of this is we're going to make Raiders nation and the alumni proud with how we play. This is a... A, almost a broken record with the Raiders in terms of how the thinking is. I know it's not wrong to think that way, but it's almost a higher emphasis than in any other building in football.
3: Yeah, man. You know, and I'm really, ho- I'm really hoping Antonio Pierce gets this right because I think again he's paid yeah. his dues. I-, I really like Antonio in a lot of different ways, but then I'm saying to myself, if he does get it right, remember they're only three and five. They've got nine games left to play. He's mm-hmm. got an opportunity. But will Mark Davis keep him? He had a chance to do this with Rich Bisace a couple years ago to go over for Gruden and got the, made the playoffs team to the playoffs and ten wins. But will he keep Antonio Pierce because he always wants that shiny new toy in his beautiful stadium in Las Vegas, which is where the Super Bowl will be played this year? And so you're just wondering what decisions will be made and if this team actually has a chance. Because JP, they've got Devontae Adams, they got Max Crosby, they got Josh Jacobs, but they've had those guys. Now they're open Aiden O'Connell. Uh, can come in there at the rookie to play quarterback to get things over the hump. But it's just, where are these guys headed? What is going to happen mm-hmm. with this organization? Because like you said, everybody else has at least tried to make a step forward, and they keep on just stepping forward on a treadmill.
2: I don't know if you came up with that yourself, Steve, but that's a great line, keep making a step forward on a treadmill. I'm not sure who you stole that from. If it's an original, I give you all the credit. But I- I'm not sure who is at fault here, really. I I think we know this is probably the last chance we're going to see Josh McDaniels as a head coach in the NFL. This is the second time, only time in NFL history, a guy hasn't made it two full seasons as the head coach of two separate organizations. But if you look at the way this thing was set up, it was said by Dave Ziegler this offseason, the general manager, that player development was more important than wins this season. Right, So that's where the thinking was from the front office perspective of developing this team. But it's a draft class that hasn't developed. It's a draft class that has a hard time getting on the field as well. And then Mark Davis knows that, but then pulls the trigger quickly. So it has to be really, Steve, that that he saw something to where speaking with players and speaking to people in that organization, and I, I've made plenty of phone calls probably as you have over the last couple of days, it was I don't see this going anywhere in the eyes of Mark Davis. So he ends up pulling the plug now, as opposed to later. And we get a chance for a long stretch to see an interim head coach (laughs) with the Raiders. It's fascinating. Uh, But we have to move on because we have two massive interviews with two organizations that had a very, very good week, unlike the Raiders. The Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram will be joining the show next. Is it the best group of skill position players in the NFL? We'll find out what Evan thinks
0: coming up on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day.
1: Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Jason Kelsey, and you're watching the NFL Report.
2: All right, Steve, welcome back to the NFL Report. We are joined by Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram, who I think I'm his favorite person to speak to because after <laughs> we talked in the week leading into that Steelers game, he has 10 targets, 10 catches for 88 yards. And I want to say this. I don't know if you know this, Evan. With that performance, it's you and Jeremy Shockey alone in NFL history in terms of tight ends with more than 40 catches and 400 receiving yards in each
5: of their first seven seasons. Yeah, I, uh, somebody tagged me in that um, this past week. And sometimes I kind of try to skip over that kind of stuff. But that one was pretty cool, actually. Um, just uh, just that name alone, Jeremy's was a great tight end, and uh, just even how hard it is to even get to this point. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely was a cool little stat for me, for sure.
3: Well, Evan, even stats aside, you guys got the dub, right? Five in a row. You go over to you go over to London. You guys get things kickstarted. Like, what is the feel of the team right now? Because you know it looks to us like you're rolling and you're 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 going upwards, right? You're still kind of finding your stride.
5: Yeah, um, it's it's awesome right now. Um, the locker room is uh, definitely got a nice little buzz to it, um, but uh, it's it's well earned. Uh, we understood uh, we were in the kind of a rough spot uh, after week three, and uh, we kind of had to look ourselves in the mirror and um, hold each other accountable to what we knew what, uh, we were capable of, and um, just pretty really put our head down and put the work in. Um, and now we're in a good spot going into the bye week and. Um, Part of the more impressive and special thing about it is, you know, we understand that we really haven't done anything yet. Um, This is all expected. And um, this is what we've been, you know, we've been working for and see for ourselves. And so now it's how do we continue to to improve and uh, continue to be consistent in what we've been doing?
2: Let's talk about locker room buzz, Evan, because I was in that locker room in Pittsburgh that had a lot of buzz in it, specifically from your defensive side of the football. After some of the comments from George Pickens got out there, a uh, hope defense, you guys were called. Rashawn Jenkins, to be had the best line of anybody on that side. I said, I was hoping they were going to come out and show up today, but apparently they didn't. <laughs> and I, when Josh Allen told me this was a statement game for your defense, right, like I, I love the way those guys kind of embrace that trash. Talk. You
5: guys are you want to be known as a physical team, don't you? For sure. Um, that's, that's who we are. That's our identity. Uh, our defense takes pride in that uh, 100%. And um, even it, it, those comments, it, it created an edge for us um, in our preparation. And, and that's where we win the games. We, w- we win Sundays Um, in our process during the week. um, And that's something we all kind of buy into. So, um, you know, it was kind of fortunate that they uh, were kind of feeling themselves a little bit because it was, it, was, it allowed us to create an edge, yeah. especially our uh, especially for our defense, man, they've already been balling, so they kind of poked a bear on that one. Um, and uh, to see the performance they put together, <laughs> uh, to even I mean, you look at our offense—we did everything we weren't supposed to do—and um, uh, they, they, they yeah. kept us the in, allowed us to uh, to capitalize on some of our opportunities. But um, yeah, it was an awesome week. Um, you know, that's that's the NFL AFC matchup. We learned about the rivalry and all the previous big matchups between Jacksonville and, and Pittsburgh and. That was my first time playing in that stadium. And obviously, you know, that's a really uh, historic franchise. And we just all, we bought into all that. Um, and this is what we prepare for. This is what we, you know, this is a dream. We're, we're living the dream playing in the league. And um, it was a cool matchup. And um, I'm glad we got to go dominate it.
3: Speaking of living the dream, the number nine, 10 and 11 receivers in the NFL are tight ends. It, it, it's Kelsey mm-hmm. at nine, Hawkinson at 10, you at 11, uh, Laporta, from the Lions is at 19. So four of the top twenty receivers in the NFL are tight ends. What about kind of the evolution of that position and the fact that someone like yourself or Kelsey, you've made yourself a go to option?
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, you named off some some dogs. Um, those guys are elite and uh <laughs> yeah, it's not as I mean, we we all we all watch tape and um, You know, we, we try to, you know, watch film on how to beat opponents and better our game. And um, those guys are the ones that I see the most that pop up on tape. And the position as a whole is just evolving. Uh, we're asked to do more. Um, obviously, the talent that's coming into this league is evolving as well. You got uh, just freak athletes able to play this position. Um, And, you know, you, you got the right kind of offensive mindset and offensive mind um, drawing up plays and, and putting together game plans to exploit some of the mismatches that, you know, athletes like our, like ourselves call. So, um, it, 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 it is it's a it's a cool position. Um, and uh, it's it's a great position for for myself and my teammates in, in that tighter room in this offense. And um, but at the end of the day, I just put the work in, try to be reliable. Um, when the ball comes my way, you know, I, I just try to take pride in being special and you know, changing the game and being a spark. And um, and I've I've learned how to do that um, through a lot of hard work and watching. You know, some of the names that you just you uh, mentioned.
2: I, I I gotta jump onto that. You you mentioned watching the film of these guys. If you have one film to put on, it's one offense, it's one player, maybe it's how the tight end is used or it's the tight
5: end. What what film are you putting on? Ooh. Yeah, no, nah, that's easy, man. Uh Travels is uh Travis is the standard right now. Um and uh you turn on that offense, you, know, you kind of get in trouble watching their offense. They do <laughs> a lot of um off <laughs> off the yeah. stuff. Uh, but it's it's also you can tell it's an understanding of the game too, an understanding of the defenses they're playing and some of the plays that they that they uh, that they come up with and, and the plays that they make and um and tight university is actually a, a, a cool thing that we do in the offseason season and all the tight ends get together and you know Travis Travis is a great mind to pick um and having conversations with him about things that he sees and things that he does um it's it's, it's different it's a, it's a different level so. He's he's been the guy. Um, he's been the top dog um, for the last couple of years, and um, you know he's even the younger generation coming up underneath him. Um, he's a great example and one of my favorite players to watch.
3: Well, you guys had some great games with him uh, the last couple of seasons, and you know I, I want to talk about your quarterback though, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we've seen him grow up very quickly. I mean, last year I had some coaches tell me he's seeing it differently now. What have you noticed? His evolution just over this first half of the season,
5: yeah, man his, his maturity um it, it shocks me every time I realize how old he is um and uh, just the talent he has <laughs> um with the mindset that he has in the in um in the system that he's in he it's it's just a really good uh it's a really good spot for him um and how competitive he is too he's a real competitive dude um and it, when, when he gets in the zone. Um, it's fun to see and it's fun to be on the uh, on the same field with so uh just even coming in and building a relationship with him um and it, it's been cool because you know the the objective is to win ball games so you come in trying to build a you know a relationship and chemistry on the field but he's a, he's even a better guy he he's one of our he's, he's our biggest leader um he, he's a real humble dude and um and it's it's been a blessing to play with him uh, it's been cool to get to know him and i' to spend time with him and uh, we have a lot of goals for ourselves um, and we're all on the same page. We all play with a chip on our shoulder um, and uh, we're under, we play under a great coach um, that we all like to go play for. And uh, we're in a great environment. Jacksonville is a great, a great place for us to come in and work and, and stay focused and um, and, and, and be a team and build a brotherhood. Um, and you know, it's, it's showing right now. Well, it's also
2: probably pretty nice to be Trevor Lawrence right now. I think when he looks out in his skill positions, are you Christian Kirk? <clears throat> Calvin Ridley, he's got his college teammate and Travis Etienne out there. Zay isn't even back yet. And now he's going to be returning for you guys after the bye week. When everybody's healthy, everybody's out there. I it might be this might be the best group of skill players in the NFL. Is that accurate?
5: Yeah, man. Um, I mean, we all have really high expectations for ourselves and high standards for ourselves. And, you know, we all work our butts mm-hmm. off every single day. We're all committed, we're all bought in, and you feel that from each other. And our relationships are really cool too. Uh, we're, we're we're becoming brothers, and um, and when you become brothers, you you know you generally want the best for that other, for that person. And uh, we're all in the field together. We're all supporting each other. We're all keeping each other uplifted. And um, even in the rough times, we stick together and we um, and we rally together. And um, it's just a great locker room, top down. Um, everybody's bought and everybody's on the same yeah. page. And um and uh, and like those names, those guys are dogs. I mean, we we have a lot of talent on our team and. <laughs> And we have a great system too um, that that gets everybody the touches that gets everybody in space, and um, it really puts defenses in the bind. Um, just using our talents, just our God-given ability. So, um, top down, I mean, it's, a, it's a whole team effort. It's an organizational effort. Um, we all understand that, and we know together we're, we're we can be a force. I
3: Evan, you guys are also in a u- unique situation playing for the Jaguars, right? I did something this summer uh, with your team owner, Shad Khan over in London, right? You guys have two games over there. They've got an office over there. You guys have tremendous exposure in London. He says, he tells guys you have an opportunity to become international celebrities as well. What's it like knowing Ooh. that you do have that type of potential and that type of presence overseas?
5: Man, that, that's it's so cool to me, just that whole aspect. Last year coming to Jacksonville, that was my first time going over to London and um, and getting that experience, you know, coming into the league, and uh, man, it's it's unbelievable. Actually, um, it's just a whole different, you know, culture, um, different energy. And you know, I've I've grown up playing FIFA and and and, and really loving watching soccer and never yeah. played. It was never good at all. I wish I <laughs> more, but um, big soccer fan. And Doesn't uh, matter right who's right your now. team? Who's your Premier yeah. League team? Uh, Ch- on FIFA, Chelsea was my team back in the day. Fulham, I've been playing with Fulham now. That oh, shot. Of course. Sean's oh. team. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I it, you know, got to. <laughs> Phenomenal. And, uh, and actually, we went to a game when we were out there, too. So just it, it's that kind of atmosphere out there. It's it's just a different type of energy. And, and, and the Jags get a lot of love out there. It was really cool. We did a whole little trip, a little media trip to kind of promote it last summer and uh, did a lot of things, got to meet a lot of the fans out there. Um, It just just that their support, um, how in tune they are with with us in Jacksonville. You can come to Jacksonville. It's nothing like London. Um, But so it's kind of crazy going across the pond and, you know, getting that same amount of love like we do in Jack's.
3: Right on. Well, Abedigam, thank you so much for joining the NFL report. Keep on doing your thing, man. You were great. And by the way, tell your wife, she has got great interior design (laughs) taste. That kitchen you have is the bomb.
5: Yeah, she's doing her thing, yeah, man. We'll she's doing do <laughs> a I'm, I'm, I'm just holding her a That's That's a South <laughs> All right, then. Appreciate you,
3: man. Appreciate hey, it, man. Appreciate it. One of the best tight ends in the NFL. And up next, we talk to the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Justin Simmons, and he explains what it's like covering those elite tight ends on the NFL Report right after the
0: break. Four-man pressure. Russell in the pocket. Floats one the back of the end zone. He's
1: got Judy. Judy runs underneath it. Touchdown, Denver.
0: Russell in the pocket. Bounces around. Can break contain. Throws the ball
4: back of the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. Cortland Sutton. Mahomes in the pocket. In trouble. Tries to climb with Stiff's arms. Benito. Throws the ball on the run. That ball is... Intercepted Justin Simmons. Simmons in Kansas City territory. Get out
0: of bounds, Justin. This is a huge win for the Denver Broncos
3: as they have beaten the world champions, breaking a 16 game losing streak.
2: Welcome into the NFL report. Steve Weitz, James Palmer with you. And we have one of my favorite people in the NFL. I'm probably not alone in this Justin Simmons, three time Walter Payton, man of the year nominee for the Denver Broncos multiple all pros but for the first time justin you win defensive player of the week how is this possible that this is the first time you win that, this man. award <laughs> with as well as you've played over eight years
6: yeah hey i'm uh man first of all thanks you guys thank you guys for having me on and um yeah you know it's tough it's been a it's been a long uh eight year stretch but when you don't know, win a lot of games you know you're not gonna not going to get offered up into that that role but I'm super thankful and appreciative of earning that honor this week.
3: Well, you know, you you earned it because you guys really put a, a decisive victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And you recover fumble, you get that late interception. I think that gives you five picks of Patrick Mahomes you've intercepted him. Uh, more than anybody's intercepting more than anybody, yeah, I mean what what is it? It's just a matter of playing them twice a season, or you you guys know especially schematically what they're trying to do, and it puts you in position to make plays
6: yeah I, it's I, it's honestly all of the above. Um, I mean, playing them twice a year definitely gives me a one up on on most of any anybody else, but also on top of that, um we we if, if you go back and you watch all five interceptions, um you know, or however many there are. Uh more times than not, we just get really great pressure. And Patrick Mahomes, as we all know, is a tremendous talent. Um, one of, if not the best quarterback in the league. And so he's not gonna not try and make a play. I mean, he's known for doing that. Ball's gonna be in the air, and it's just a matter of executing. So with a great rush like we have and um a great execution in the uh in the secondary and the back end in terms of the pass game, um, you know, sometimes I'm the beneficiary of a of an interception.
2: I got to put this out there, Justin, because I don't know if enough people know this. Since you came into the league in 2016, there is nobody in the NFL that has more interceptions than you. 29 picks is phenomenal for what you've been able to do with the safety position. And I use that to lead into there was a lot of talk about the Broncos being sellers at the trade deadline. And your Mm -hmm. name kept kind of coming up because obviously what I just mentioned, teams want you. You're a great player. What goes through a player's mind in those couple days leading into the deadline, wondering, do you talk to your agent? Do you want to know? Do you block it out? Do you hit up George Payton, Sean Payton? What goes through your head? What did you do in those days? And you're now a Bronco right now.
6: Yeah, 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 great question. I I immediately hit my agent, um, you know, just hearing rumors that, you know, my name is being thrown around, and um, I just told him, I was like, hey, I don't know if, you know, rumors are true, or whatever the case may be, but Mm Don't don't tell me uh until you know something's official. I don't want to hear, hey, they called and you know, we're working okay. something out, uh, this, that, and the other. You know, I'd rather just put my head down, focus. I'm all in on uh the Broncos and trying to figure out, you know, how to win and how to help us win games. And mm. if if it comes up, it comes up. You know, that's that was really my mindset during the uh you know during the whole rumor phase of the trade deadline, and um, man, I'm super thankful that. Wild. Um, you know, one, we go into the bye week with a win, and uh, you know, two, I'm still a Bronco, and I'm hoping to turn this thing around in the
3: second half of the season. And Justin, that's what I wanted to get yeah. to. Okay, you guys oh. didn't didn't make any big moves, right? And so you know who you're rolling with, and you guys have put together, especially defensively, a nice run of games. I mean, do you mm-hmm. feel that you guys are gaining the proper traction again, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is to where you can string some Ws together and get back into the mix?
6: Yeah, I 100% believe that. And I think uh that Kansas City game was a uh, was kind of a, a statement, a statement game for us, I think. Huge. Defensively, we know that to start the season it you know, it wasn't anywhere near what we're used to, how we're used to playing and what we're used to looking like. And we're getting some key guys back. I think Baron Browning coming back, and and especially in that game Huge. and how he how he came back was absolutely monster. Um, you know we need him and and the talent that he brings. Um, I know uh, Zach Allen was on an interview um shortly after the Kansas City game, and he said, you know, Baron has like Von Miller esque movement, and uh, you know you don't get that type of praise. Mm, for, that's a lot, for, yeah, for no reason. Yeah. And um, so really excited to have Baron. Any. Any secondary player would tell you their favorite, their favorite position on the field is a a, a good pass rusher. So um, you know, love having yeah. Barron back. And I really do. I really think we can we can make this push. We're playing well in all three phases, and that's what it's gonna take to win games, especially against the teams that we play in the second half of the season.
2: J Johnson, take us kind of behind closed doors in a meeting room, maybe with VJ and and when you guys started seeing how you guys could play in what he wants you to do. I don't think we all have patience around the NFL very often with you guys adjusting to what he wants you guys to do. Was there like a conversation, a meeting, anything that sticks out maybe before this three-game run that you guys have turned it defensively that kind of goes, okay, this is this is how we can play. We just need to do blank? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – I, I want to say one particular meeting, but
6: there is one instance that came uh, into my mind. It okay. was um, – it was uh right right before we're getting ready to go play the uh play the jets at home and we're pulling up clips from you know the Miami game, the Chicago game, um you know the Washington game, you know games where uh, they kind of got out of hand um especially the Miami game and um, you know he he puts up all the clips of you know all the the negative plays that we had positives that the offense had then he puts up clips of all the positive plays we had the negative plays um you know that the offense had and just showing the the minute differences and it's like one or two guys not being gap disciplined or not mm-hmm. reading the not reading their uh coverage right in the first few seconds of their coverage responsibilities and then it just is a trickling effect sometimes guys try to do too much um they try to make up for another guy's mistake and those can go for big plays and so you know the 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 moral of the story when he was going over this meeting is the difference maker is um you know we were able to get takeaways and the second thing is we were Mm -hmm. playing sound disciplined football and it's not always pretty doesn't always uh you know mark up the stat sheet you know for whatever tfls and sacks and all this on all these things but when you play as a complete unit all 11 to the football um you guys can be really special and it's it's on tape so this is our standard week in and week out and it's not going to be perfect um but you guys control the X's and O's, and you guys control your effort, and that's that's all it's going to be. And so we've really bought into that these past few games. And by no means has it been perfect, uh, but the the level of mm-hmm. consistency has stepped up.
3: Yeah, that, that's great stuff. I mean, to, to be able to understand you uphold integrity awesome. and discipline, how well that can really bring things together. I want to talk a little bit about the safety position because also on the show we have Jaguars tight end in Evan Ingram. We know an athletic receiving tight end. You got Travis Kelsey. As a safety who is often assigned to try to D up some of these tight ends, what is it like seeing maybe the evolution of that position, teams now moving them in mm-hmm. and out of the slot, things mm-hmm. like that? And how difficult has that made your job?
6: Yeah, it's made it extremely difficult. Um, you know, especially when you when you get creative like, you know, Doug Peterson and Andy Reid do with their personnel and how they match up. You know, you hear 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends. Um, you're thinking more of a run-heavy formation, right? You're thinking double wing. Yeah. uh, You know, maybe both tight ends on the same side. Uh, uh, you know, tight end on the ball, tight end off the ball, and you're thinking like duo gap schemes, maybe uh, zones, gap schemes, whatever the case may be. And you know, here comes twelve personnel against the Chiefs, and then now Travis Kelsey is lined up at in the slot at number two, and you have base out there, and you know, you call a man play, and then there, <laughs> there he goes, you know, or play, yeah. Yeah. Hey, or you call yeah. zone and he's one of the best uh tight ends ever in my opinion yeah. um when you're asked to get open and he knows what the defenses are in and i mean evan ingram as well i mean you even safeties uh you know it's it's pretty tough to guard him and so the game is the game is definitely evolving it's changing um you know i, start, I think you're starting to see the evolution from the tight end position the safety position i mean you got to be able to do way more than just you know, play free, play strong. You got to do way more than just be a pass blocker or just a catching tight end. I mean, you, you kind of got to be all of it in, in one. And, um, and it's fun
2: doing that every week and, and trying to figure that out. With that, with that said, Justin, your position's becoming, you know, adversely even more important to defenses, right? To guard that chess piece. So let, let's, this might be hard, but kind of let's play a, a Frankenstein game here in a sense. If you could just start pulling pieces from your favorite safeties of all time, Maybe they're mm. still playing now or, or 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 they're done playing, and kind of build that safety that would be the best on the field because I know you study your position and you watch a ton of film what 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 kind of traits are you taking, and who are you taking them from yeah yeah that
6: man that's a that's a tough one um I'm gonna just kinda go yeah. we should have, I should head. talk about
2: that before the show
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. hey I, I you know give I'm me some time. go go <laughs> off the top of my head here, I think um when you look at my number one thing is like the physicality um and that's so hard because there's so many good physical safeties I mean that's what it was especially watching the game growing up um you know I would have to go with like a like a Bob Sanders or um I would have to go with uh yeah I would I would I think man watching him play in Indy I was like
3: oh man that's player of the year.
6: Uh yeah. I mean, unbelievable. So um him like a Steve Atwater um type of physicality. I would yeah. go with uh Brian Dawkins for like Ooh. energy. Like like unmatched energy. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. you know, I think what he brought to the game in terms of his passion, his energy. Um, I think oh, yeah. gotta be able to play with some of that. Um going more modern, I think what about uh, like IQ yeah i was just about to say i think going more modern and iq i i, I kind of i'm kind of at a split um i want to go minka and and tyron i think those two beautiful when okay. i watch them i love that week in and week out i think those two do it at an extremely high level and they're so versatile and i think that's what makes them i mean anytime you watch Whenever he, you know, you watched him with the uh with the with the Cardinals, the Texans, the Saints and the mm-hmm. Chiefs. I mean, you know, Tyrons playing slot, he's playing corner, he's playing high safety, he's playing in the box. Um, and then Minka, yeah. I mean, he's pressed up on, you know, a slot receiver, a tight end. And then sometimes he's in the deep middle. And in order to move like that, you gotta have the IQ and know what's going on. And those guys are yeah. still um ball productive. Um you know, another guy I think when you're talking about instinctiveness and playing the run and being around the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna say uh, Jamal Adams. You know, especially when he was with uh, New yeah. York, and what yeah. he was doing. Um, I mean, to have the ability to to blitz and and like I said, I would I would like a Jamal and um, and this is no you know like Troy Polamalu. Like to have the ability to know and and to be instinctual um, around the football and just like hey, I'm supposed to blitz here, but this is open. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of taking this. And then, you know, you're getting strip sacks and you're, you're making game-changing plays. I think that's huge. Um,
3: Justin, I, re- real quick, because we're, we're running short on time. Yeah, but the, one, yeah, yeah. the one thing I love about all the I, I, I to this. i listening all day. All day. I, all day, I, I wish we had more time, is the physicality of, of all those guys. And Justin, yeah. we really appreciate you with the time you gave us but also the time you give all those young people with the Justin Simmons Foundation. to get a three-time Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Denver Broncos, Justin Simmons. Appreciate you joining the NFL Report.
6: Yeah, hey, thank you guys so much for having me again. Uh, It was really a blast, and I appreciate you.
3: Just an absolutely special player and a special interview. Coming up next is James Palmer's favorite segment of the week, Baldy's film breakdowns. We're going to take a look at Chase Young, who's headed to the
0: 49ers next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
1: Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into
2: my favorite segment each and every week. It's Baldy's favorite films here on the NFL Report with Steve Weich and the man himself, Brian Baldinger, in the middle. Baldy, what I love each week, though, is you always watch these interviews that we have on Yeah. Before you, what was your take? Anything jump out of you from either Evan Ingram or or Justin Simmons? There was a lot there with both those guys.
4: Well, first of all, I'm always trying to glean information from intelligent players. I mean, obviously, these are thinking man Mm -hmm. type players, right? You listen to Evan speak. You listen to Justin speak. I mean, these guys just aren't showing up on Sunday. This is a year round, you know, profession. They take it seriously. They take your questions seriously. You know, there's a respect for what you guys do. So I, I, I took that. But I, I just think that, you know, when you look at Evan and you talk about the evolution of the tight end and Steve, if you bring up the stat that four of the you know, top 20 receivers are tight ends, I mean, they're calling plays for these guys now. These plays, the offense yeah. is going through Evan, especially on third downs. And then you look at Justin Simmons, and I just think, I thought it was very interesting that even when they gave up 70 to Miami, just the the difference between the explosive plays they surrendered that day yeah. and plays they could have made. And that it's not as bad as it looked. And it's just, okay, we gotta we gotta tighten this up. We gotta fix this. You know, and here they are, you know, keeping the Chiefs out of the end zone and taking the ball away five, yeah. you know, five different times. And all of a sudden you start looking at some of the players, Baron Browning and some of the guys that are there right now, and what they're doing, you know, they're putting this thing on the right track in Denver.
3: Baldi, quickly, before we get to your favorite films, the Raiders' situation. Uh, I mean, just a change over the timing of it. Aiden O'Connell coming in at quarterback now. I mean, do they have a shot to to, to
4: get this thing together? I don't know. We'll see what Antonio does. I've been on teams that fire coaches. You play for the interim coach. The Raiders have been through this with Gruden, you know, a couple years ago. Um, The roster looks pretty incomplete to me. Yeah. Uh, And I thought the contrast, Mm -hmm. team, honestly – of playing in Detroit on Monday night was a big part of what Mark Davis did. I mean, here's the Lions, and we can see the building. We can see the development, the draft picks, the stability at quarterback, Mm -hmm. all those things that Detroit has, and then you see the the fans and just a dominant performance against the Raiders. I thought it was... Because that's what the Raiders were supposed to be doing with Josh and, and Dave Ziegler. They're supposed to be doing what the Lions are, and it was clear they're a long ways away from that right now.
3: All right, Baldy. Now let's get to your film breakdowns. And let's start with a very intriguing trade to me. And that's San Francisco going out and get Washington defensive in Chase Young. And
4: a few weeks ago, you said you really wanted to see him because, frankly, we hadn't. Yeah, well, I look at Chase Young, got off to a slow start. He's played better the last three weeks. Um, but I think for a third round pick, the 49ers. Needed to do something up front. Uh, Cleveland Farrell isn't the answer. Nick Bosa is not having a great season so far. They needed an like just an induction of energy and talent to that defense front, because the entire defense, Steve, is built around their front four. And J- Justin Hargrave is underperformed to this point, and they're not making the impactful plays and affecting the quarterback the way they want to. And they're a zone team behind it, Steve. And so all of a sudden, like you look at what Kirk Cousins did, you look what Joe Burrow did last week. If you're not hitting those guys and affecting them and getting them down to the ground, they're going to carve you up. And both quarterbacks just carved the 49ers defense up. I applaud John Lynch for making the move because I think it's going to help. Let's
2: we'll stay over there on the West Coast, Baldy, and talk about a game that, and a team that you covered and called last week in the Seattle Seahawks. And they made some moves on their defensive line over the last couple weeks and at the deadline. You get Frank Clark they get Leonard Williams, they, they, they bolster that group. It's funny, I was just on the phone with the defensive coordinator saying, defensive line right now means more than anything in the way the NFL is going right now. And you saw Seattle up front. What do you see up front specifically and with this defense?
4: Well, I mean, Jaron Reed has been a great signing, you know, in the middle. He's played great. Boye Mafe, uh, the second-year defensive yeah. end out of Minnesota, he keeps developing. But I, I think, you know, to your point, James, it is about your defensive fronts and how you can affect a quarterback especially when you get to January, you've got to be able to mm. like knock these guys off their spots and hit them and not let the passing game just take over. And so big cat Williams, a good player against the run in the pass. Uh Frank Clark. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember Pete Carroll said when he was a rookie, he's the single most explosive player I've ever drafted. Now, I don't know that Frank is still mm. the same guy, but he, you know, he shows up in the postseason. He has the last couple of years at Kansas city. So, I expect that to be a difference because on the back end, you look at Jordan Brooks and you look at Bobby Wagner, they're solid. Jamal Adams, you look at what Witherspoon is doing and Woolen and then Quandre Mm -hmm. Diggs and Julian Love, they've got a great back end of their defense. They'll all be better if they get better rush and better push up front.
3: Yeah, Baldy, I mean, you text me like, this team is going to be tough to beat in December. Let's look on the other side of the ball, though. I mean, Geno Smith, now, he's not surprising anybody anymore, but he also has two
4: rookie-wide receivers, two rookie-wide receivers that are. Well, look, I mean, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, the first-round pick, and Jake Bobo, the free agent out of, uh, out of Duke, I mean, they have scored touchdowns in each of the last two games. And they have certain packages for them where, I mean, it's still kind of mind-blowing to me, where they take D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett off the field. Wow. And they're playing these young guys out there, you know, and D. Eskridge got a chance to get activated last week. So they have different packages for different things. They also have their three tight end package, which is good as there is in the league, whether you put out Disley, Parkinson, and Fant at tight end. And then they have two backs, you know, in Kenneth Walker and the rookie Zach Charbonnet. I just think they have what you need to have. You've got to have versatility where some team matches up with you and can take something away, can you beat them a different way? And I think Seattle is creating different ways to win. They've juggled their offensive line because of injuries. They played a lot of rookies in there. They got a rookie right guard who's playing great, but Charles Cross is back. Like, they they have 15 rookies on the 53-man roster, which is almost unheard of. And so many of them are contributing to this Pete Carroll team.
2: I bet you a lot of those guys are watching Jason Peters pay back in his heyday, Baldy, and now uh, they're on the same squad. You know? <laughs> kind of, I saw Jason sitting on a bench of, the other day. He's ready. he's ready to go in. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready. He's still out there. He's still out there. Baldy, appreciate it. It's my favorite segment each and every week. Appreciate you stopping by once again. It's Aiden O'Connell. He's going to be starting for the Las Vegas Raiders. Do we have a quarterback crisis on our hands, Steve? Pep Hamilton's going to answer that question on the NFL Report coming up next.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Back with the final segment here, the NFL report. And James, it's time for a little pep talk with our in house coach. Former head coach, offense oh. coordinator, Pep Hamilton in the house. Pep, I'm loving the Howard University helmet, our alma mater, sitting there behind you. But let's get to some things more important. And that is what you described to us off air as a quarterback crisis going on in the NFL right now. Please explain.
7: Well, I, I think it's, it's two parts, Steve. It's a quarterback crisis. Uh, that's ultimately fueled by a patience crisis, meaning that the fantasy owners, the active owners, the franchise owners, the uh, 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 the fans, everybody extremely impatient uh, with your quarterbacks. And uh, it, it's a process uh, that that takes, you know, it takes years at times um, and in order to really get your quarterback ready to play winning football. But uh, specific to the quarterback crisis that I think we're dealing with right now, uh, we, we've had 42 starting quarterbacks up until this point of the season. True. And we're coming off a year where we had 64 starting quarterback steves uh, last year, which was, uh, by the way, uh, an NFL record for the number of different starting quarterbacks. So availability is the most important ability. And right now, we can't keep our quarterbacks upright and they're not available. Pep, I'm curious, what
2: is the reason? why we can't keep quarterbacks upright and, and available? If you could put your finger on maybe three different maybe reasons why or something like that.
7: Well, I'm glad you asked that, James, because first and foremost, it's the first time you know, that in my, you know, my years in the NFL, my years in coaching, that we've had a trickle-up effect. Uh, in years past, there would be different trends and different things that uh, teams did schematically across the NFL that you would see uh, at times on Saturday afternoon, when you're watching college football, where now it's the inverse of that. Is is you know NFL teams are now majoring in shotgun formations, majoring in eleven personnel, running more RPOs, and yeah. calling specifically more plays where the quarterback is being asked to run the football and 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 leave and vacate that halo, that sanctuary uh, that you have in the pocket where uh, it's intended to keep him safe and upright.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting, but it's also you talk about the lack of patience in Las Vegas, that goes to the extreme because <laughs> you're blowing out the head coach, yeah. the OC, the GM, but now they're also blowing out their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. They're putting in rookie Aiden O'Connell. Okay, but here's the question for you. He's had, he's had a little bit of action, but you just got rid of his play designer and his play caller in Josh McDaniels and his play installer in Mick Lombardi the guy who's going to be handling all of that for him now is Bo Hardegree, who's been a longtime assistant and quarterback coach, but he hasn't called plays based on everything we know about him.
7: Well, I think the, the good news is Bo Hardegree is going to continue to uh, filter through the information that, um, that, that Aiden O'Connell is going to need to be able to go out and play fast and play winning football. Uh, and when I say filter through it, you know, with the quarterback, less is more. And with young quarterbacks, Mm-hmm. You, you want to almost stage each play for them so that you can mitigate the what-ifs and the possibilities of bad things happening and then hope that their instincts allow them to go out and function in a way that you can win each play. But, um, yeah, he's going to be faced with a ton of challenges. I'm talking Aiden O'Connell. But uh, the good news is that his quarterback coach, his position coach, which is likely the person that he spent the most one-on-one time with, will uh, continue to be in his ear. Pep, if you could, because Steve and I have never had the luxury of doing this,
2: take us behind closed doors into what that quarterback room might be like this week. And and what really has to go down for as much success as possible on Sunday between Bo, between Aiden O'Connell? like What what needs to happen?
7: What probably is happening in that room when you say less is more? Well, you know, I would say this. I, I think that, you know, Bo is going to have his hands full in just, you know, carrying that responsibility of uh, coming up with the game plan, coming up with the strategies that mm-hmm. they're going to feel are, are, are going to be necessary for them to go out and win the game. Uh, one thing I do know is he's going to have the luxury of having an experienced play caller uh, in the building on, on the offensive side of the ball, specifically, is Scott Turner. You know, Scott Turner mm-hmm. is, uh, is a part of the offensive staff at the Raiders. And so I'm sure that Scott will help to facilitate some of the organizational things that Bo is going to have to take on in his new role as the play caller and the offensive coordinator. But there's nothing more important all right, than the the coordinator's ability, the play caller's ability to uh, translate his thoughts to that young quarterback who's got to go out there and function and play at a high level, uh, truly under duress.
3: Yeah, they're playing the Giants. What's Wake Martindale going to be throwing at Aiden O'Connell? A billion. You may not see, a safety, in, right. you may not see a safety in the post the entire game. So, you hey, know? look, so, so we're, we're, and, and this is great because we were talking last night. We were talking about the turnover, not just in head coaches, but in coordinators and, and guys. Like, how has that impacted the quarterback? Because the level has been significant.
7: Well, since 2006, I think it is, uh, Steve there's been 226 offensive coordinator openings in the NFL. And um, fortunately, but What's... unfortunately, I've had the opportunity. That's right, 226. Yeah,
4: you're a you're uh, that number, Pat. <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you add, when you add Mick Lombardi to that, you know, I just added Mick Lombardi. He was 225. Now we had 226 since so the last time we <laughs> talked. Uh, On the flyback right there, yeah. Right. Uh, during that period, um, I had the opportunity to call plays with three different NFL franchises, but nevertheless, what we're seeing is and I go back to my point of, we have a patience crisis going on, mm. not just in the National Football League, but in America, in society as a whole. Everybody wants mm. instant grits. They, you know True. they don't want to put the, the beans in the, in the crock pot and let them simmer anymore. They want the quarterbacks to, to get out of college football. And, uh, and be ready to control and fly the space shuttle to the moon, and that's ambitious. <laughs> yeah, that is
3: ambitious, even though, even though
7: we know Josh Jobs might
3: be able to at least fly the rocket oh, to the moon. Yeah, he can since take a, it. Because he's a rocket scientist, you know, Josh Jobs. He'll probably be starting with the Vikings sometime soon at quarterback. Matt Pampleton, great job with the pep talk, J.P. Another awesome episode of the NFL Report. We will be back Monday. Couple really good games coming up this weekend. JP, we will make sure you've got some fresh popcorn in here for next Thursday for all these films. But Monday, yeah, again, be sure to check out the NFL Report and listen to the podcast. JP, you know this is also a podcast. It certainly is also a podcast. Oh, well done. <laughs>
0: And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh.